Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, we have a special edition of the podcast today because we are talking once again about vaccines. Are you still waiting for yours? Are you in line? You know, Jason, uh, just a couple of days ago, we were talking about Dallas County with 400,000 people on the waiting list. It's, it's insane. I wish I was in line, but it's encouraging news what we heard from the Biden administration saying that uh, it was going to purchase enough uh, vaccine doses from Pfizer and Moderna to vaccinate 300 million people uh, over the next couple of months. But as you know, Jason, vaccines are only part of the puzzle for getting this this virus behind us. You know, who doesn't want it behind us? The other right. element to this that we haven't talked a lot about is contact tracing. You know why we yeah. haven't talked about it? Because the government usually does it, and that freaks people out. We don't want the government tracing us in any form or fashion. And we're not sure that the government is really even up to that task. I think, you know, you know, dust off your memory. Do you remember early on here when, you know, there were all these plans, there were these gauzy talks about, yeah, and then we're going to stay on top of this by, you know, hiring a team of people and they're going to keep up with who's been around whom and and uh, yeah, you're right. It brought up a lot of skepticism from people who really didn't want to be tracked by the government and then skepticism from people who went, yeah, it doesn't seem like the government's really going to be able uh, to pull that off. And and so here we are all these months later, and now we've got these variants right. that spread like wildfire. And so if it were ever important to figure out who somebody has been around, uh, it's even more important now than it was possibly in the beginning uh, stages of the pandemic. And so it's needed, but like, who's going to do it? Indeed. And, and you know, the, the government, you know, finding out whether you've been to Kroger or Specs or Total Wine or the Exxon gas station, um, that, that hasn't worked. But there are some countries that have figured out how to do this and have almost eradicated it. And they've done contact tracing at the company level, at your job. Mm-hmm. And think about it, because, you know, at least at our work, Jason, anytime we go anywhere in the building, we have to swipe our little key card to open a door. So they know where we are in the building and they know who else is in those rooms as well, too, because those individuals have swiped their key cards as well, too. So this is already built in in a sense. And there is a, uh, a company in New Zealand that has come up with an interesting way to contact trace. And they don't like that term, contact tracing. But they figured yeah. out how to do this at the company level. And the government of New Zealand, which has eradicated this, found out about the company and said, hey, we need to do this countrywide, North Island and South Island. We, we got to figure this out. And guess what? Uh, now that company has also come to Texas. They see a big market here in the U.S., and it's it's kind of a sad distinction, but the reason they see a big market here in the U.S. is because our epidemic has been worse by far than anyone else in the world. And so 
They've set up an office in Austin, and uh, they plan to do some business here, and who knows, maybe they can help us to get our problem under control. Uh, we, we decided to get on the line, and now we had to you know plan this one out because uh, <laughs> time zones are a, an issue when you start calling into New Zealand. So we, uh, we, we planned it out to get the uh, CEO of Safer Me. His name is Clint Van Martewick. There's no D in that last name, uh, but they they pronounce it differently. It's M-A-R-R-E-W-I-J-K, and somewhere in there they get a D. So Clint Van Martewick on the line with us. So, Clint, what's in the coffee cup there, man? It's 7 a.m. in uh, New Zealand. Uh, I've just got a normal normal, uh, plunger coffee. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yes, I am coming to you from tomorrow, so... But I do, I do have a beer. <laughs> you yeah. guys are 19 hours ahead. What do you, what do you have there in the beer? Uh, it's not going to be opened. Um, but I've got one of our clients actually is a, a company called Garage Project. Um, the, this beer is a, a oh. Pills and Thrills, which is a they describe it as an unfashionable um, but tasty pilsner. German malts combined with American summit hops create a refreshingly crisp golden beer. Isn't there a beer That's in New Zealand called Yeasty Boys? That'd be right. Yep. Had some of that. I, yeah, I, I've, uh, I remember that, but I, I broke my neck for like two days here trying to find a New Zealand beer somewhere uh, in Dallas. And I couldn't find, you know, what what is it? Monty's, Spates? Um, what, what are the other New Zealand beers? They're not, they may be exported, but they're not imported to Dallas for whatever reason. You've done your research, haven't you? Um, Monty's and Spates would be an equivalent of like Coors Light and, and Bud or something like that. So sort of general beers. Hmm. And this would yeah. be seen as a, um, a a more tasty. Jason, did you find a uh, a New Zealand beer? I did. What did, what did you end up with? Did you find no, one? No, man. I You know, you can find all over the place here is New Zealand wine. So I got... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Whitehaven from Marlborough from the South Island. Wow. Uh, yeah. Sauvignon so you just Blanc. totally gave up. So you gave up on beer altogether. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't find it. What am I going to do? I, I have plenty of Texas yeah. beer in the refrigerator, but uh, I'm going to crack this open here and have a conversation. Well, I, I you know, Jason uh, Whiteley is the researcher uh, in, in the group here. I am not. I am the let me go to my refrigerator and see what's in there. And I've got a Hans Pilsner, German style Pilsner from go. Real Ale Brewing Company here in Texas. So I'm going German style today. Sorry. So, you, Clint, you don't have to pop yours since it's 7 a.m. You guys are 19 hours ahead of us down there. But but let's talk about Safe For Me, the, the, the company. Um this is all about contact tracing and mm-hmm. people here mm-hmm. in the United States and around the world have heard this term contact tracing, mm-hmm. but for people who might've heard it and don't really know what it is, how do you explain it to them? Mm. I think the name contact tracing should really be called contact logging. So mm-hmm. what you do is automatically log who you've met with over time and then um, your HR administrator or someone in your business will be able to very quickly help that business respond if you get sick. Um, so it's used as a tool all over the world to get back into the office and to keep people safe at work. Um, I think that's the the first thing to say. I think the, the actual term contact tracing is, is mislabeled. When people hear tracing, they expect that they're being tracked. And especially because mm-hmm. of the big tech um, reputations and so forth at the moment, um, it's actually better to think of it as contact logging. You do not have to track where someone goes. It's all about logging the interaction between two people and then making sure that you can respond quickly and protect people. 
And again, this has to do with the whole bubble of your business. A lot of businesses mm-hmm. have been, you know, doing gymnastics, trying to figure out how do we bring the staff all back in once again. Uh, and this mm-hmm. is one option that they can consider, which basically uh, you, you carry around your cell phone everywhere you go anyway. And so mm-hmm. that becomes sort of your beacon uh, there in the workplace for people who don't have a cell phone. You issue them a card like you'd have mm-hmm. a card key that would swipe you in almost. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about a little bit about how it works? Because I do think that you know people tend to jump to that thought of big brother like oh now the company's going to be watching me everywhere i go and i've got this on my cell phone Mm -hmm. and what are they going to know what are they going to be able to hear or figure out about me this is really just something that works through through bluetooth there in the building Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's another thing to understand is um there are government focused contact tracing efforts so at the national and state level the government is trying to do this too um, but then really there's a specific role for businesses and that's about getting back to work and protecting employees. And also you have to remember there's a relationship between an employee and an employer where that employee expects to be kept safe. They they really need to come into work to earn their living and they expect to have good systems in place for health and safety to be kept safe. And so when you refer about what can the company see, they can't see where you are, they can't see um, where you've been, but they can see the things they already have access to, which is things. So if someone was trying to do contact tracing inside a business, which most businesses that are large will be doing already, um, they'll be using calendar. They'll be asking you and interviewing you. And if you get sick, imagine trying to remember all the people you've met with over the last four or five days. Um, Easy to forget someone. And if you're coming into the office, you want to know that there's a professional system in place. And if someone gets sick, the right people are being isolated quickly and they're being tested and they're being supported. Um, so that's that's really what contact tracing is. It's used incredibly effectively uh, all around the world. And it's one of the main tools in combating the virus. It, it, you said something there that's important for our listeners, uh, because here in Texas, we've heard a lot about the different counties here that want to contact trace. And they wanted to last year in 2020. And mm. a lot of people push back on that. But your company is aiming this product specifically at companies and businesses. Mm-hmm. And like you just mentioned, I mean, hey, I don't know about most jobs, but mine knows exactly where I am in the building. They have surveillance cameras in the building for security. Um, they can find out where I am when I use my little key card to go into different parts mm-hmm. of the building. So they know where I am. This is just an added layer. But I'm, I'm curious because you guys are... are this product's being used in 30 different countries, Clint, mm-hmm. um, with businesses in 30 countries. Have you all had clients somewhere who have employees that said they don't feel comfortable wearing this? And if so, what do you uh, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really interesting to see the different cultures in different countries all around the world. Uh, so we deliver, as I say, uh, all around the developed world. Um, and um, I guess it's a little bit of a spectrum about who would not want to use contact tracing. Um, and as I say, I think the name contact tracing is mislabeled. The amount of data that you actually have to collect to do a good job is not very much. So on on the card, you it's literally a, a number um, and it's uh, encrypted. So if you were to lose that card, it's, it's a useless piece of equipment to anyone who's trying to figure out what data is on there. Um, and then if you're inside a business, um, your business is already trying to do contact tracing, but they're struggling to do it well. And what you find is that HR team and the, the people in charge of keeping everybody safe 
are overloaded with requests to try and respond quickly. And so by using technology, you're just automating that whole process and just just being faster and better um, about keeping people safe. So I think that's part of the story. And then also the pushback that originally came from state and government level contact tracing products, that tends to be because there's a different relationship between uh, an individual and the state. You know, you don't necessarily want to share everything you about yourself with, with the state or with the government, but your employer, you know, there's a different relationship there. Um, so that's that's why we stick there um, when we deliver. Um, and I think the last kind of key key understanding for any listener that, that's interested in contact tracing is that inside a business, you can get to full saturation uh, across your people very quickly. So you might get to 90% of your people using a contact tracing system inside a week, um, as opposed to wow. a government or state level rollout, which might be 10% or 15% of people actually think it's a good idea. And the way the data works is you actually want to have saturation so you have the right information to make decisions quickly. If you've got 10% or 20% of the data, it's effectively not a useful system. Um, but if you've got 90%, it, it changes the game completely. Mm. Clint, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, proof of performance, and I don't know, uh, you know, how much you all have been able to model this just yet, but I know that your operation has been going in New Zealand for some time mm -hmm. now. Uh, New Zealand has done remarkably well through this pandemic, uh, a little more than, I think, 2,000 cases for the country. Uh, I mean, we see that in one day in a county here right now. Um, have you been able to model at all how many cases your uh, your software there may have been able to prevent? Mm -hmm. Like how many, do you know how many people you've been able to sort of pull out of the mix because they came into close contact with someone else? Is there anything that gives us that? There, are, there is some data there, but we proving um, a lack of spread um, is difficult. We, we can show like the response times and we have, clients that are really happy that they can respond quickly and isolate say eight people instead of 80 um, and actually be really specific so those sorts of things we can prove really easily clint what city are you in right now i'm in wellington new zealand you're in wellington um, that's the south island right it's it's right at the bottom of the north island yeah yeah at the bottom uh, of the north island okay yeah so uh, the, the reason we got Clint on the line here, uh, 19 hours ahead of us, is because uh, Clint and his company have opened an office in Texas. Um, mm. Give me an idea of why you wanted to come to Texas. I mean, this is kind of the home base for the U.S. to, to launch uh, Safe For Me to the U.S., but uh, how'd you pick Texas and, and, and uh, you know, kind of what's the plan from here on rolling this out to businesses across the state? Yeah, I mean, I love I love Texas. The, I mean, the the US really is the land of opportunity, um, and I, I guess may, maybe your listen, listeners won't know, but New Zealand's been an ally of of the US for a very long time, and because of that, we've got um, good. So we've been for all the historical wars together and landed on the same some of the same beaches and all those things in World War World War Two, um, and because of that, we've got a, a pathway to getting a visa and coming across to the US and, and setting up a business. Um, so we're going through that process. And then when I was looking at where to set up in the US, um, Texas really jumped out as, I don't know how to put this, it's it's somehow more rural. It feels more rural than uh, the rest of the US somehow. And if you've ever been to New Zealand, the whole country is one big farm, pretty much. 
Um, so I don't know. I mean, it feels, it feels like there's a nice cultural fit. And then when I, I traveled around looking at different cities to set up in, uh, we went to San Francisco and I had a look around there um, and I went to a number of other cities. And then when I saw Austin, Texas, I thought, oh, yeah, this is the one. Um, and, you know, the barbecue can't be underrated. Hmm. I, I get off the plane, the first place I go is Cooper's, um, which is, it's not one of the, I don't know if you've been there, so it's just on Congress um, in Austin. Yeah. It's not Definitely. one of the, I don't think it's one of the really famous ones, but the nice thing about it as a barbecue joint is it's, um, you don't have to line up for hours to get in, but it, the quality is so high. I wanted to ask you, so you all started uh, as a company in 2015. Of course, that was pre-COVID-19. How did you all start? Like, did you did you foresee that we would get to this place? I mean, I know that a lot of researchers predicted a, another pandemic in the coming years there, but w- how'd you start? Yeah, um, so we've been around five years. Uh, we've got uh, customers across Europe, um, Australia, New Zealand, and the U.S., uh, but we've traditionally been proximity safety specialists. So that's all around pushing an iPhone or an Android smartphone to um, work to know where you are and what you're about to do, and then try and warn you as a worker to try and stop you hurting yourself. Um, so we, we always hmm. thought the, the future of safety is a world where your safety, where your software protects you and warns you about what, what you're about to do wrong. Um, and because of all that previous work, we had the system in place for contact tracing already. Um, so when our, our customers essentially started using our product very early on in the pandemic, um, before contact tracing was even a known term by most people. Um, and then, um, so we started supporting those customers, obviously, that were using it heavily for that purpose. And then the New Zealand government picked us up and um, made our product free for any business in New Zealand um, very early on. Um, and that obviously had a massive impact um, in mm. that country for us. And then uh, we just went from there, really. Well, let's talk about the New Zealand government, because New Zealand has done something, uh, and maybe I think one of the Nordic countries, maybe Finland, uh, that no one else in, in the world has been able to do, and that is essentially eradicate the virus. Um, mm-hmm. How much of that was contact tracing that did that? It's, it's one of the legs of the stool, uh, for, for lack of a better term, that, that's needed. Testing is obviously key, which everyone everyone knows. Um, and then I think the other thing New Zealand has, has done particularly well is um, quarantine. Um, so mm-hmm. if you thousands of people come into New Zealand um, uh, all the time or every day, and but when you arrive, you actually have to go straight to a hotel, a little bit like uh, when the NBA set up their bubble um you have to come into a, a hotel or stay there for 14 days and then you can come into the country. And so most of the cases which are happening all the time in New Zealand are actually inside isolation. And then sometimes it does escape isolation into the population. And then when that happens, we we really up our, our contact tracing and other precautions to uh, eliminate it again. So touch wood, um, touch wood, it doesn't come back, but at the moment it's not in the community and life is normal um, here. Um, You mentioned that you all are in place in a lot of different companies here in the United States right now. And as you know, the spread here has just been tremendous in in recent months. You see the data that's coming in. Is there anything 
uh, over these past several months that has surprised you as you're watching what is happening here and and how your product is performing in these different places here? I mean, there's a lot of surprises. Um, <laughs> you might have to get a little a little bit more specific. The I think I think if this had of played out slower, America would have been would have responded in one of the best ways in the world. I really, I really think the the, the uh, capitalist um, mindset is well suited to solving problems like this, but not necessarily in, in three months or four months. You know, with that sort of speed, um, I think the. I mean, I know this is a. Um, I know this is a political-based podcast, so I, I suppose I suppose you would like to go there, and I'll try and avoid it, actually. <laughs> but um, definitely different governments have responded differently um, to this um, pandemic, and some, some governments have done an incredibly good job, um, and, and some haven't. There's a bit of a spectrum there uh, all around the world. Yeah. That, that creates a market for you, though, for those who haven't done well, right? Yeah, well, we've got to solve the problem somehow, don't we? <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's, that's what we're here to do. So, yeah. Well, Clint, Clint let me ask you this. You, you know, uh, contact tracing by the government was was really talked about. And the, the governor of uh, Texas, Greg Abbott, uh, put that as one of his priorities he wanted to do last May. And to get that going, hire, uh, I think, six or 7,000 contact tracers across the state and really get mm-hmm. going. Um, and, and then the virus kind of exploded. And mm-hmm. since then, it has, has doubled what it was um, last summer, some have said it's, it's kind of too late right now to contact trace. Uh, the virus has spread too much. And my question to you is, is that true? No. Um, I think it might be too late for manual systems um, in that respect. So if, you, if you're talking about hundreds of people being hired to conduct contact tracing, you're talking about people on phones, uh, interviewing, uh, creating cases for each um, individual, and trying to work out where the virus has gone—that's um, going to be hard, and it's always, always was going to be hard um, inside a business. So, as a, as a sort of, as I say, there's two distinct types of contact tracing. There's the government-focused and state-level contact tracing, and then there's business-focused solutions. Um, business solutions will be needed to get back into the office for sure um, and to pr- provide the assurance that is needed for individuals there. Um, state level contact tracing, um, that's that's not our, I mean, I, I definitely know more, I guess, than most about that area, but it's not our specific area of expertise um, by comparison. Do you think it's going to be businesses that get as used to something like this, Clint? Because there are a number of people uh, here in the United States, certainly here in Texas, uh, where we have you know quite a few characters, uh, some strong characters, yeah. some strong personalities who don't like the idea of somebody hired by the government calling them and asking them a lot of questions about where they've been mm-hmm. and what they've done. Is it going to be businesses that help us sort of dip our toe into the pool here? Because you don't have as much of a chance at work to say, no, I'm not going to carry that card key around that you're telling me as my employer that I have to carry around. Certainly businesses can effectively roll out contact tracing much, much easier. So if you look around the world, the, the very best national level contact tracing technology systems have not got past sort of 20 to 30 percent saturation um, and unless you're unless you're forcing use uh, which some Asian uh, countries have done um, 
But if you are a business, you can get to full saturation very quickly indeed. Um, and actually, it's it's quite a low level uh, change. You're literally carrying around a card, or a, it looks like a swipe card. I mean, here's this is what it looks like here. It's, it's a slightly thicker uh, battery lasts for six months. You put it on in the morning with your swipe card, and away you go. If you get sick, you push the button. Um, it's 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 that simple, right? Um, so it's not a difficult thing for people what, to understand and, compared to what they already do, and therefore therefore it's adopted quite quickly. And when you held that up here on our Zoom meeting again, it looks like a card key that you would use to get into the building at a lot of different mm-hmm. uh, businesses. Uh, Clint, it, it's important to ask: once you leave the building, once you leave your workplace, that card doesn't really have any use anymore, does it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, some businesses do it differently. Um, sometimes they'll have it at, at entry or just carry it around. Um, this particular card, when you lay it down flat, um, it stops working. Um, so it, it, that's to uh, save battery life. So if you were to lay it down flat on a table, um, it won't record data. And that's that's what some people do is just take it home and put it put it down flat uh, on the on the dresser. Uh, not sure what you, what you, what the right word is table. Um, Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dresser, table, what, yeah, whatever yeah, you want yeah. to call it. But, yeah. but let, let me let me expand on Jason's question there. Um, if if people only wear this at work, uh, obviously it's effective for who people come in contact at work, their mm-hmm. employee or employers or um, uh, colleagues, etc. Um, but they're also around their family and their kids who might have been at, at sleepovers or campouts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, is it? I know nothing's a hundred percent, but but how effective is it then? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it would it would catch something at work, maybe, right? Yeah, that's right. So um, most businesses will have in place a, a method to report if you are feeling sick or if you've gone into a, a high risk activity if you if you've had contact with someone who has COVID. Um, so a lot of businesses already have a daily a check in. So you might do a, a quick check in. Uh, sometimes I'm, I'm talking to. Uh, with my accent, I'm talking to US folks and they think I'm saying chicken, but I'm saying uh, <laughs> check in. Um, check uh, in, I got that's you. Right. It. Check yeah. in, <laughs> two different words. Yes. Yeah. So you might do a daily a daily check in. That's usually to say, you know, uh, just to affirm that you are feeling good. And then you'll arrive at work and hold up your phone and, you know, show them that you're, you're, you're affirmed. So a lot of processes like that are already there. Um, if that's not, so that's obviously safe for me, offers that too. Um, to businesses, but if that's not already in a business, they might have a text tree or something more basic. And then, so because of that process, that's when a contact tracing of, uh, will happen inside of the business. So you will say, hey, I am feeling sick. You push your button and then your HR professional will go in and, and say, okay, who are the five people that I need to get on the phone with and just say, let's take some precautions. Um, and they'll, they'll that's, that's how it works essentially. I was just going to ask you real quickly about the vaccines. So we've got vaccines that have come out now. Uh, It's frustratingly slow for a lot of people who would like to get one right now. But uh, there's a hope that that's going to be ramping up quite a bit in the months to come. Mm -hmm. Does that make this unnecessary to point once we get enough people vaccinated? What happens with with your product once enough people get vaccinated? Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of people say that this is, you know, there could be another pandemic right around the corner. Mm But what do you do when this is all said and done? Yeah, I mean, I think there'll be some overlap between contact tracing and, and the vaccine rollout. So I'd, I'd expect it to be in 18 months, maybe two years. Um, mm-hmm. And then it might well be contact tracing is seen as to be pandemic prepared. 
to be ready for the next one. Certain businesses have been incredibly impacted more than most. I mean, you know, vast majority of businesses have been impacted, but some have been incredibly negatively impacted by this and they might need to be prepared for the next one as opposed to someone who's just come into the office and it might be at lower risk. Um, so that, that, that's part of it. And then, I mean, we, we're we watching pretty closely what's going on with vaccine uh, management and, and vaccine uh, passports. Clint, before we let you go, uh, I, I want to ask you one other thing. You mentioned uh, the United States being the land of opportunity. You've set up shop in, in Austin, Texas. Yes. Surely you've seen the political turmoil going on in this country here. Uh, d- does that change your outlook on the U.S.? And We, we don't often talk to somebody outside the country on yolitics here. We, we live mm. inside the snow globe. So I'm just, just curious uh, what, what someone else thinks about this. Is, is the a U.S. Uh, done or what, man? No, oh, no, no. <laughs> the U.S. is not done, but it, it definitely has been making some headlines, folks. Uh, <laughs> I really have a lot of trust in the, in the American system overall. Um, but, yeah, it's been a bumpy ride lately. So, um, yeah, we, the rest of the world is definitely noticing. Um, and, yeah, we, we're hopeful. So, yeah, good luck, team, and um, I'll be there with you. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we might be going to New Zealand, Wheeler. <laughs> you know, it's it's not a bad idea. Uh, it, it does give us a little bit of comfort, though, to know that people who aren't living here also feel like they are holding on. Yeah. yeah. That does make us feel a little bit better. A little solidarity there. Yeah. Clint, thanks for getting up uh, early with us, man. I, I know it's 19 hours ahead. You got up super early, 7 a.m. where you are. Uh, so thanks for doing that and uh, take another swig of coffee there, man. No worries, mate. Yeah, Jason, we, we do like to be noticed in the United States and in Texas, maybe not necessarily for what's going on now, but it's interesting. It's always interesting to me to talk to people in other parts of the world uh, mm-hmm. on, on how they see uh, the United States looking in the window at us because we're looking yeah. at everybody else. Yeah, you know, it, it, but it does, uh, it underscores, a lot of us take for granted, you know, how extraordinary this country is, you know, for all of its bad and for all of its good, because I don't think that most Americans are sitting around wondering, wonder how New Zealand's doing today, you know, even though maybe we should be because they've done a really good job of uh, keeping the pandemic uh, very much under control, you know, relative to other places. So, uh, but, you know, they're sitting there, they're watching what's going on here in the U.S., uh, good and bad uh, these days. And and, uh, and like I said, Safer Me has decided from what they've seen that, hey, maybe we need to take our operations there to the U.S. and really ramp this up a whole lot more and see if maybe we can give them a hand in uh, putting a lid on this thing. And, and that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, I, I think the, the whole concept would be a lot more welcomed because we already wear lanyards around our neck or, or little, uh, you know, key cards affixed to our, our, you know, belts or our waist. So, you know, adding this extra thing on there is not really going to impact anybody. You take it off when you leave work, when you go pick up the kids or anything like that. So um, I, this likely has, Safe for Me's technology likely has a heck of a lot more uh, opportunity, I think, uh, of working, uh, possibility of working um, to, to help this country and this state eradicate the virus. We yeah, shall I think see we them. need all the help we can get at this point, uh, just you know, judging by the way things have been going. Uh, and, you know, Jason, I'm not always uh, a fan of every idea that you come up with, but that whole uh, thought, uh, I, I do like that thread about the possibility of, you know, instead of them coming here, maybe we just go there. Dude, 
I, I visited New Zealand. New Zealand doesn't sound bad. <laughs> my, my friend, I've been there one time back when airfare was insanely cheap, um, and yeah. it was it was fantastic. It is it is it's kind of like Ireland. It's, it's super green. It's, you know, it's gorgeous. Everyone there is is you know really pretty. Um, yeah. it, it's like the Promised Land. I think it's where Lord of the Rings was shot, which is a yeah. film that I haven't seen yet, a, a series I haven't seen. It's on uh, my list. Okay. Um, I've seen it. Uh, I've actually seen those. Uh, you know, uh, you can always go back to New Zealand, Jason, uh, in, in, in not in the too distant future. First thing, though, you'll probably have to get that vaccine, uh, yeah. which means that, you know, at some point you're going to have to get in line in Dallas County behind those other 400,000 people who are still waiting. Done, man. Maybe. We'll see if that really moves along. You know, they keep telling... They keep telling us that this thing is going to ramp up, that, you know, we're getting more doses than we have been getting, and it's going to increase and increase and increase. And again, you hear the Biden administration saying, you know, talking about this 300 million figure by later on this year. We will see. Do you think we can use our Yolitics credentials to jump to the front of the line on this? <laughs> I don't I don't think that gets us to the front of any line. We, we need Not to make some like, grocery store, man. Yeah, we need to make some pint glasses or something with the Yolitics logo or, or hats with the Yolitics There's logo. There's another out. That's a second good idea you've come up with today. Two in one podcast, my which, friend. Not, which not is a bad record. Two, that's two more than you usually come up with. I know. And, and our, our listeners, are, if they haven't clicked out, they're like, all right, you guys wrap this up. So, yeah. hey, listen, we appreciate you, uh, you, you uh, joining us for this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to Yaltics as well. We, we drop special episodes like this one all the time uh, when we find something interesting about Texas. So subscribe. Uh, like, leave a uh, review for us. We're always interested in hearing from you, too. You can find us on Twitter at Yolitics as well. Take care.